Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Revis. And who, sir, are you? I'm the producer, Matt Duncan. Thanks for tuning in. Fred, how you doing? I am doing great. I'm feeling good. If you are tuning in for the first time, this is a Raptor slash NBA podcast. We are hardcore fans, also analysts and performers. So we got a lot of comedians and analysts as well. And Writers. we're just yucking it up and going wild here. So if you're a basketball lover, you've arrived at yeah. the correct place. Um, if you want to dive deeper and, and help us out or whatever you're so inclined to do, um, Maddie's going to tell you how to do that. Maddie, good sir. We've got lots of different avenues for you to explore. You can go to dunkspodcast.com. We do have our episodes there for you to listen to on the site, as well as all of our links that you want to go elsewhere. You know, podcatchers are where you're probably listening to it right now on a podcatcher. Let's be honest, folks. So if you want to see what other podcatchers we're on, check it out there. We've got links to our uh, podcasts and link trees on our Instagram and Twitter that you can check out, as well as to our YouTube and I'll just say, if you're watching the YouTube, this is the last time you're going to see us recording partially in the West Bend. So enjoy that. Take it in. Go to Shocks. Get some wings. Help yourself. And uh, yeah, just continue to support us in any way you can. If that's our Patreon, if that's just telling your friend that you like us, and then we, you know, we have some goofy but insightful things to say about the raps, and then so be it. We love it all. So thank, thank you. And I'm going to pass you off to Frey Rivas. Well said, um, Matt. I love you so much. Uh, Matt hit you with all the goods there, but you know, I always look for what's going on in the margins. And he says podcatcher with a lot of animus. Okay. So there's a lot of, there's some gritted teeth there. There's so like, if you're running a podcatcher, heads up. Matt might punch you in the face. He might just run you down with a snowblower. Um, so make sure if you're running a podcatcher, yeah. you're doing it right. Okay. Yeah, Matt look, is uh, he likes things done right. Um, looking at you, but, Stitcher. Uh, yeah, we're looking at you, Stitcher. But, you know, Matt, Matt's the greatest. You'll hear a bunch of his sound stings. We got some new ones today. Uh, we'll be unpacking those. Uh, it's uh, More to come. Yeah, That's good... all I got to say. More to come. More to come. Yeah. We took and, a week um, off. I've been spending all the money that we got on Patreon <laughs> on cameos and shit. So... You know, yeah. doing my best over here. <laughs> yeah, we, we spent everything we had on a cameo, and we can't tell who it is. So. <laughs> you, you wouldn't guess. No, uh, we figured it out. We're doing good. Um, but, uh, yeah, without uh, any further ado, um, uh, I will say the uh, the detainment of Brittany Griner is still continuing. Um, if you don't know who that is, Brittany Griner is a superstar WNBA player who uh, went over to play basketball uh on the team that she's been playing on um, uh, in Russia and has been detained uh, on rather dubious causes and as you know, is pretty clearly being held as a political prisoner. So uh, any noise you can make, make in that direction, uh, you know, is, is appreciated, you know, is, is appreciated. And, and um, you know, next week I'm going to, I'll try and come back with a, a good suggestion for a place you could donate um, and, and help out because, uh, yeah, this is something that everyone needs to be aware of and there's a lot going on in the world. So, uh, I think, uh, the fear is that Brittany will be forgotten and she absolutely shouldn't be. Uh, but yeah, with, uh, with that said, we have a really, really great pod. Uh, we got Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com and, uh, we got Anthony Hall, yep. uh, from a, a bunch of things, uh, Ming's dynasty and, uh, Bad Dog Theater and, you know, in a lot of cool sh shows. Edmonton. Just a shout out Edmonton. What's up? <laughs> E-Town. Um, I don't know if anyone calls it E-Town. So sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's kind of cool, right? It's got that big mall. It's got a big mall. Come on. Big mall town. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, you know, it's a really fun pod though. We, we, we talk about the Raptors and kind of like what we're worried about heading into the playoffs potentially. Um, we talk about Siakam and Fred's signature moves and then also go into other signature moves and Matt really gets weird with hot sauce. Uh, and um, yeah, we move on to the NBA and talk like different playoff formats, which is fun. And we also talk about like injured players and who we've been missing. So uh, yeah, please enjoy that. Please share, please subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, let's get right into it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, I'll, I'll just say Maddie, uh, when you feel like we're, we're good to go, we're good to start. Give me those delicious words. I love so much. Okay. Okay. Okay, let's go. Let's get going here on a, a very exciting time in Raptors land. Uh, lots coming together. There are some injuries, but we're very much in the mix for the sixth spot in the East. And yeah, let's bring on one of my favorite guests. Uh, I'm always excited when he does the pod. Uh, I listen to him, read him. Uh, I love his questions uh, for for Nurse or whomever during uh, you know Raptors scrums and and post games. You probably know him from Raptors.com, but uh, also Raptors Republic, CBC. Uh, this guy loves tennis and and soccer, and he covers a lot of sports. And he's just a great personality. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Vivek Jacob. Um, but yeah, try to cover as much as I can. Try to keep the bills paid. Uh, that's yeah, pretty man. much the goal. <laughs> Getting <laughs> it done over there. You consuming all of it. Hey, you know, I, I appreciate the multi-sport angle. You know what I mean? Like, I'm definitely like a basketball, soccer guy. But you know, open to tennis. I love it. I feel like tennis football... is all about the open. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Tennis is all about the <laughs> opens. Um, but, uh, I, I always stammer on so much and I, I want to just get talking Raptors ball right away. So let's bring on, uh, our next guest. Uh, he's a, an amazing comedian. Uh, he does improv. He's an actor. Uh, he runs his own podcast for the wrestling fans out there. Book it Vince. Uh, also check out his show on CBC gem. Uh, he's a co-creator of Ming's dynasty, uh, with Calvin Shergold. So, uh, check it out. It's hilarious. Uh, I'm excited to always have him on. I think he's still feeling good because he he cashed in so hard on being the biggest fan of the Ball family, the Ball brothers. So things are pretty good for him. Uh, I'm not sure about Lonzo right now, but without further ado, let's bring him on. Give uh, give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Anthony Hall. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you for that hype intro package. Anyway. It is me. Happy to be back. The fourth ball brother, Anthony Hallball. Anthony Hallball. I mean, that could almost work. Like, it's like you, <laughs> there's some there's some like you got to like a Ron James limerick angle there. You know, like, <laughs> I, I was in the Bay of Fundy and I was OK, whatever. Um, oh, my Ron James on the Dunks yeah. pod. I know. I realized well, I was like, listen, welcome. I, I don't want to go far too far down to Ron James bit like. <laughs> If you're tuning in for basketball, you're already like, what? Um, Ron James, Canadian legend. I helped him find his glasses one time in the Bloor Cinema. Cheers. Shout out. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's start talking some Raptors ball. Maddie, good sir. I know you're there. Uh, give me your most delicious and weirdest Raptors sting. The Confederacy of Don't Say Talking Raptors. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's new. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, I guess one of our new sound stings has a guy swearing at you. Like it's Stephen A. <laughs> the Confederacy of Don't Say Talking Raptors. <laughs> okay, that seems like you really chopped Stephen A together. Like that seems like you kidnapped Stephen A, and this is the best take you could get out of him after like oh my three gosh. months. Uh, showing him pics of uh, the Knicks losing. 
Oh, um, thanks, it. Matt. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, un- we'll unpack that later. Uh, $800 on Cameo, well spent. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that we paid for that. Like, folks, who, uh, to all our patrons, thanks so much. Um, we the Confederacy of Don't Say Talking Raptors! <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we cashed out on this, this weird-sounding sting that barely makes sense. Um, yes, we are talking Raptors. Uh, Okay, let's uh let's go to you first, Anthony. Um, and uh, yeah, this is sort of open ended, so uh, I'm just kind of thinking a lot about the Raptors' style mm. and you know how the game changes from the regular season to the playoffs. Uh, obviously, people who focus a lot on on the refs have sort of tracked that this year, where early in the season they were kind of working on that that Trey James Harden style of play, you know. Sure, trying to get that out of the game a bit, but I think there's been some reverting uh, back to the mean, but also the playoffs are coming and then we'll go back the other way. Um, and yeah, it just got me thinking about like the Raptors style, how they play, what's going to be good, what's going to be bad. Um, yeah. So what's your thoughts on that, Anthony? Hmm. So the first sort of thing that I noted down when you asked this question was something that was good and bad is how much Nick Nurse rolls out like a short lineup. Like now that we're in sort of the final stretches of the season, it's really taken a toll on our players. Like Fred has been playing hurt a bunch and then he's not been playing at all. And then we've been losing a bunch of our like uh, guard rotation. So that's been bad. But then when you get into the playoffs, the lineup often shortens a lot. So then you're like, oh, okay, well, now they played like mean minutes in the regular season. They should be ready to just grind it out when we get into the playoffs and we're kind of pressed against the wall and we have to go to like a key lineup that has no weak points. Um, Something that I think might be also really bad about our play style is the shooting is not super reliable and we cannot rely on Gary Trent Jr. to make every single one of his threes or clutch threes when it really matters. Like he's really awesome. Like God bless that trade, but it worries me a little bit when we get into some series where if we get down, dudes are going to be chucking. Like I know Fred's going to be chucking. I know Chris Boucher is going to be chucking. And of course, Gary Trent is just going to be, Throwing threes. How dare you say Chris Boucher is going to be chucking? <laughs> um, no, yeah. Chris Boucher, forever green light. Uh, yeah, the, 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 those are great points. I feel like we saw that, you know, during that eight-game winning streak, right, where it's like, oh, man, we played the crazy minutes against Miami. Uh, you know, people have been talking about, like, minutes management. I've been talking about minutes management the whole year. Uh, and it is difficult, right, because we're managing Fred now, I think – largely because we either didn't or weren't able to earlier in the season, but also we're in the mix for the sixth seed. So that like, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to kind of piece together like how much of that is because Fred played a bunch earlier and maybe got us some wins we shouldn't have. So I'm, I'm wrestling with that. I think, um, I think, yeah, your, your, your point is heard too about just, things like clamping down on everyone and how exhausted they are. Like, yeah, like if, if the, if you're game planning for the Raptors and you know that Fred and Gary are like the money guys from three, well, you're going to work hard to make sure they don't get open shots. And yeah, I mean, we're feeling the wear and tear uh, as we head into the playoffs. Uh, I think other teams are as well, but um, mm. it's we're there's this weird mix right now for the Raptors where we're, we're both gelling and improving and developing and also kind of struggling with some injuries. But uh, yeah, where, where are you at Vivek? Like good and bad heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with the shooting. It's obviously a big weakness for this team. There's just, you know, when you look at the roster, when fully healthy, you can rely on Gary Trent Jr. You can rely on Fred Van Vliet. You can rely on OG Ananobi mm-hmm. and Pascal Siakam has been sort of a catch and shoot guy that you can rely on with the three ball but that's not enough like you look at good three-point shooting teams you've probably got closer to six seven guys Mm -hmm. that can go out there and knock down threes so um you know having three core that you can depend on and then maybe a fourth uh that's not going to cut it and so i think that's a big weakness um and then 
you know, beyond that, I would say the Raptors are hev- heavily reliant on their transition and offensive rebounding. Yeah. Uh, and what happens in the playoffs? The game slows down. So how much are you going to be able to get into that transition game? I think that's something I'm really curious to see. Obviously, they have a bunch of six eight, six nine guys to keep trying to create that kind of ball pressure and uh, go get it done. But I am curious to see uh, how, how how effective they can be in the postseason. Yeah, I think like so. This is sort of where I was coming from. I feel like I think the O Reeves are going to be good. Uh, you know, watching Thaddeus Young and watching Birch, it's like these guys have a you know a true nose for the ball. And I feel like if that's this whole if, if this gang rebounding and, you know, crashing the boards is such an expectation, maybe perhaps because we can't shoot that well. And also we have so many big dudes like, yeah, we lose out some height on the center position. But I mean, I'm watching Boucher and I feel like half the time this guy is like five or six inches taller than whoever he's playing against, like like the whole game. So it's I feel like it's there's almost this like part of the game usually the second quarter recently where the team realizes like i felt it in philly i felt it against the lakers where the team's kind of like wait we're bigger we're all bigger and but yeah like can we generate those turnovers or are we just going to live in foul trouble are we going to be in the bonus every single game is scotty going to be in foul trouble is pascal going to be in foul trouble you know yeah I'm, i'm curious about how that works for the Raptors. Like, do we have the reputation of being a bit of a rougher team? So we're not going to get a ton of fouls or is part of the plan that like, Hey, when Birch gets into foul trouble, you throw in Thaddeus. When Thaddeus gets into foul trouble, you throw in precious. Like, is that sort of the game we're playing here? Um, And yeah, I'm curious if, if that war of attrition is like the right one, like, are we countering so much of what the league's doing? And I, I kind of think we are, to be honest. So I feel like that Chicago loss highlighted to me that, yeah, we need to generate turnovers. And if we're playing DeMar, who doesn't turn the ball over, that kind of sucks. If we're playing a point guard like Chris Paul, that's probably going to suck. You know, if we're playing a guy that can really manage the game and is very composed, that's not great. Now, I think in the East, outside of like Kyle Lowry, I'm wondering who is that? Who are we going up against that is that type of like really relaxed ball handler? Um, so, yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, I, I think like a lot of people, I'm sort of I don't have like huge expectations, but I, I think a lot's possible in a weird way. But um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I don't know. I just went on for a bit. I don't know if you guys any of you guys want to comment on that. Oh, I just wanted to say that, like, I can't believe that this, like, sort of positionless lineup has been working. Like, the the long boy dream of having <laughs> Barnes, Siakam, Thad, Chris Boucher, and Achua, just a bunch of big, long boys, is, yeah. has really kind of worked out in, in our favor in some matchups. Like, especially against the Sixers, I was, like, seeing some of these long boys out there and seeing them clamp and bead was, like, pretty amazing to me it, it really uh made me fall more in love with the chua because at points during the season i was like i don't know, I don't know. maybe we should have got tyler hero I, I don't know man i think maybe we should have gone with him uh but achua has been really awesome and he's very fun to watch that that was me but with maxi because i remember during mm. that trade deadline i was like i kept hearing maxi's name and then seeing him this year i'm like shit that guy seems like really kind of what we need but um, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing the long dude thing. I mean, I, I, I've joked about it on the podcast before uh, and I'm sure it exists somewhere out there, but this is years ago. Someone asked Masai, like, how do you counter this like three point era? And he, he jokingly was like, well, if you have a bunch of guys that are so tall that they don't even have to dribble the ball and they can just pass it to one another until somebody dunks and that'd be pretty hard to stop. And it was a joke, and I'm kind of like, wait, were you joking, or like, is that yeah. what's happening? Like, he just tipped our hand. He was like, hey, I'm just gonna say this, and it's gonna happen. But uh, here you I go. I mean, yeah, it's the classic <laughs> like we want to win in Toronto, which is like, I think the average Torontonian's like, oh, I'm too insecure to hear that. But <laughs> you know, no, but I mean, but, even Bobby Webster said it uh, after the draft, where they were asking him, oh, does drafting Scotty Barnes mean that you know there's 
bit of a log jam at that forward spot between OG and Pascal. You, you know, what does that mean for those guys? And he was like, well, the way we see it, we'd like five guys that look like that. And that's exactly what they've done. So <laughs> totally, uh, they don't see it as a log jam. They're going to be all in on this. Um, you'd like to think the off season, they'll address some shooting needs, uh, some backup guard needs, uh, depending on where they see Malachi uh, as a fit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, going back to these two games that we just saw, Chicago and Philadelphia, that's, I think, a decent indicator of how the playoffs could play out where you go up against a team like Philly that uh, doesn't have good transition defense and the Raptors are able to take mm-hmm. advantage of that. You think about the third quarter, the Raptors missed at one point 12 straight shots, but Philly couldn't pull away because the Raptors kept getting stops. And then you think about how disastrous the third quarter was against Chicago, but they've got guys in DeRozan and Levine uh, and Vucevic that they can function pretty well. Um, And then you've got the transition defense led by Caruso and, you know, it it gets tough for the Raptors. So I think that's going to be pretty much make or break for this team. Yeah, and shout out to um, I'm forgetting his uh, first name right now. Is it is it Patrick Patrick Williams? Patrick Williams is back. Yep. Yeah, who was you know similar situation as Scotty, uh, you know same same university, also drafted fourth overall, and like also is huge and can do a lot mm. and like seems like he, I mean yeah, well so I I wouldn't be surprised if you know we hear hear his name a lot more in the future, but you know and just to add on to that uh, about like addressing the shooting. Um, I think part of that is the Raptors really believe they can, they can help train guys to shoot. Uh, you know, Fred obviously was a remarkable shooter in college, but like, you know, OG Pascal and like precious, like man, like, um, and, and I think we will, will any of us be surprised if, if Banton comes back next year and can, can shoot at an like league average level. Um, I mean, he seems like he's doing it pretty well in the G League. Obviously, uh, I mean, I've watched Malcolm Miller for a long time, so I know that <laughs> I know that it's not the same, right? But yeah, um, yeah. But even yeah. beyond that, you look at a guy like Norman Powell, who's no longer on the team. Like totally. he didn't come in with a three-point shooting reputation, uh, and, and he became a shooter, right? And so, yeah, the Raptors absolutely believe that they can develop guys into shooters, and it's like, hey, let's get guys who can defend first and de- defend the way that we want. And then we can sort of fill in the boxes after that. Totally. Um, okay, let's. Uh, I'm going to stick with you, Vivek. But uh, I want to talk like special moves. There might be some obvious ones, but I just, you know, Siakam's got the spin, which is so fun to me because it like excited the whole league. Then everyone's like, "This thing's a joke," and now he's like, "But is it?" And he's coming back with it like so much better and like harder and like. Turns out when a guy who's six nine is like running full speed and spinning all over the place, like it's hard. Um, let me go to you first, Vivek. Who who has like a, a signature sh- signature shot or move or something that you know you want to highlight? Look, I think if Ken Birch could take a floater from fifty feet, he absolutely would. Uh, yeah. This guy is floater after floater after floater. I watch him pregame. That is literally the only thing he practices. And so at this point, if that's not his signature move, I don't know what is. Yeah, we we definitely, you know, we need a chem poster of like just him doing that. Like just like from different spots, like where there's like some some there's like some faded chems. You know what I mean? Like just raining floaters. Also, <laughs> yeah, I mean, thank you for that detail that that's the only thing he practices. Like, that's so great. Like, uh, I want there to be some other Raptor that only practices like other things maybe it's like utah like only practices like blocking people like right as they're about to dunk like <laughs> dangerous blocks um okay anthony who's your uh who's, who's your guy and what's their signature move okay well my guy is very uh, closely related to uh, this particular uh, wikipedia article that i'm going to reference which oh, is wow. about okay. the trebuchet that is a the french catapult that uses a long arm to throw a projectile uh and it was a very powerful siege engine and that would be chris boucher with his three 
the Trey Boucher, uh, where he deeply <laughs> winds up and slowly uh, cranks the ball from beyond the arc and sometimes hits, but oftentimes misses. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful thing, beautiful shot, uh, and I feel like there isn't a lot of players that have a particular release uh, just like his. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely like on his own. He's in his own world there. Like, and also I feel like you said um, siege engine. I don't know what mm. that is, but I feel like if I'm ever going to hear those words, it's going to be like by some LARPer in Trinity. Yes. And they're <laughs> going to be like, can I show you my siege engine? And I'm going to be like, I don't know. Please no. Um, but if it was Chris Boucher and Trinity Bellwoods, I'd be like, yo, dude. Hell yeah. With slack line, like I don't do that, but you know what I mean? I, I would for you. Like um Okay. Mine and and uh Matt, if you got one you want to jump in here, feel free. But uh mine's actually Scotty, and I don't know how many times he's done it. And he I think he's developing a bunch of like I mean, he does a lot of floaters and stuff, but to me it's it's this specifically weird behavior where he looks back at someone before he dunks. <laughs> And there's, I mean, it was more egregious in the beginning of the year where he'd, he'd slow down and like stop. Like it, it's some weird, it's like a power game, but I like it. It's, it's, it's a weird, he's asserting himself on the game in kind of like a cheeky way. It's hard to explain. And, and the fact that he looked back at LeBron, it's like, this is like LeBron does chase down blocks. Like he's famous for chase down blocks. So to have the audacity to look back at that guy and be like, watch this is, is really fun and exciting to me. Um, <laughs> oh, it's very fun. It's very exciting. Um, I'm going to be the get off my lawn guy for a second and say, I'm totally fine with it for the first three quarters. I'm not a fan of it. Like when it's winning time, fourth quarter, like I'm yeah. just saying, hey, go get the bucket. Um, mm -hmm. Like there was that, you know, who was it? Three minutes left against Philly. Uh, and he threw that no look alley oop that just like came off the backboard, and yeah, and, and, and I'm like, man, just like that's it's not the time, you know what I mean? Like totally, <laughs> those are rookie things that he'll learn. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm totally I love it for three quarters, fourth quarter tight game is maybe maybe. <laughs> You know, chill a little bit. <laughs> oh, 100%. Scotty has a lot of that, like, overflowing with goodness, but, like, sometimes makes, like, a critical mistake. Like, we all remember, like, not putting his hand up against Luca. But also, I feel like, you know, even in that Laker game, it's like he probably could have fouled Russ earlier. Like, there was a bunch of little things. You know, in the, in the Sixer game, I think he missed both free throws. Mm. Um so there definitely is that with Scotty. Like, and I think, yeah, I mean, I could, I could totally see him looking back, going up for the dunk and getting blocked. And that look back, like that being the little beat of time he needed to dunk, you know, it's like, yeah, it's a game of, uh, yeah. Just like if you're Fred Van Vliet, it's like, <laughs> imagine if you like that was built into your game, like looking back, like, Absolutely no. You're you're thinking about like absurd English and how you're gonna manage to score. So, um, yeah, it's definitely like it, but it's weird too because I th also think Scotty has a lot of like kind of killer instinct. Yeah, it's 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 odd because it's like he has both. He has like this showboat in him for sure, which I like, and then a killer instinct, but also who takes over when, and that alley-oop was a great example. There was even one, a bad alley-oop where Boucher caught it off the backboard and finished the play. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, Scotty, I mean, we'll see. Like, if we make it to the playoffs, like, if there's one game where he does something really silly and we lose the game, I can't say I'll be fully surprised. <laughs> but uh, he does seem like he's so competitive that he'll, like, take the lesson on and, like, be like, okay, sorry, guys. But uh, yeah, the look back dunk, Matt, Matty, you got something? Well, that's what I was going to say is the look back dunk move? is hilarious. Um, I do feel like, yeah, one time it's going to, it's going to bite him. Like he'll like lose track of what he's doing. He's going to travel or he's going to hit his head on the rim or something when he looks back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a game earlier in the season where he did the look back and then he bobbled the ball. 
Oh. And then and then he was able to get it and still like put it in just in time. But it was one of those where it's like this could happen too. And the situation yes. it was it wasn't a big situation in the moment, so it was fine. But like if that happens in, you know, the fourth quarter of a playoff game, you're like, what are you doing? You know? Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it was one of the first times too I had seen Alvin Williams like like early in the season. I was like, I think you pissed off Alvin Williams, dude. Because <laughs> like Alvin Williams like started having that tone where he's like, you're messing with the game, like you know what oh. I mean? You're like that, like sort of like the lore of basketball where people are like, listen, you know, like like taking a shot after your team's already won, like you know these unwritten rules kind of thing. But sorry, Matt, Matty, you're you're coming in here. Do you have a, a signature oh. move? Uh, well, I just want to I want to take. Pascal Spinorama, it terrified me when he was first getting into it because I felt like sometimes he was doing it for no reason. It just made his shot harder. But uh, I want him to amp it up a bit. I want a little Stoico in there. I want him to get up off the ground with the spin. And I would love if he had like a little vial of hot sauce around his neck and he'd like take a little swig of it and then just start like tazzed. Tasmanian devil out there. <laughs> Good, yeah. <laughs> the 360 no scope spicy pee. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, I'm really glad you came in here to tell us that uh, Pascal should not only spin more, but he should have a hot sauce necklace. Uh, <laughs> thanks, bro. Nando's will definitely get behind that. <laughs> What's that? Nando's will definitely get behind that. Oh yeah, oh, Nando's yeah. is like, whoa, buddy! Like, <laughs> like he has yeah, a, like, he has a signature sauce there already, so it would be it would be perfect for him to just yeah. wear that very long bottle <laughs> on his chest the entire game. <laughs> it's like yeah, he's constantly hitting himself. It's like yeah. Well, oh, it's, oh, oh. Sometimes you see a sprinter wear like a necklace. Like I always watch the the old Donovan Bailey thing, and I'm like, ow, dude. Yeah. Like, like you know what yeah. I mean? It's like Heavy it's chains. really pinging off his face. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, anyways, I feel like we we've gotten astray here, but in a good way. You know, spinning hot sauce <laughs> is, is my world for sure. Um, also, just shout out to Devlin. I love when Devlin gets weird, and now he's starting to say the word Drano sometimes. <laughs> like you'll just be like Drano, and I'm like Drano, bro. Why? Like. Just shouting Drano? That's, that's, I don't know, man. We're getting weird. Like, I love it. Um, okay. Well, yeah. Let's, uh, let's move it on some NBA stuff. Uh, Maddie, good sir. Give me your, uh, your weirdest, maybe Stephen A. Smithy, uh, NBA sting. What's the deal with the National Basketball Association? Well, the Confederacy of Dunks is going to tell you. Uh, another another person's been kidnapped. Um, I don't know. Listen, this is a, okay. We had a week off. Deal with this clearly is what Matt did with it. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? And are they you, okay? You can't recognize his voice. What's the deal no, with the National no. Basketball Association? What's the deal with the National Basketball Association? Well, the Confederacy of Dunks is gonna tell you. It's Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld? <laughs> That's a comedian. In, I, thought I, hate, I thought you'd get it right when he said, what's the deal? Uh, no, oh no it sounds gosh. like a robot, Jerry Seinfeld, <laughs> and begging for its life. So, uh, Sorry, Patreon. We uh, blew all of your donations on Cameo for Stephen A. Smith and Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah, can we get some cheap cameos? Can we get some Orny Adams, please? Yeah. Um, you can't. You can't have like somebody who got eliminated in the first week of Survivor like ten years ago. Like just, just do a quick Confederacy of Ducks shout out. No, no, we gotta go. We gotta go, Jerry. I guess. Um, will, will Matt come in here? Because I, w- I want to hear your opinions uh, on on this too. Right. But uh, let's start with you, Anthony. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're like totally fine with it, that's that's cool. Um, I think this is our. I think it's the third year of the play-in. The first year was with the bubble, which was kind of weird because I'm pretty sure like Washington on the east side didn't qualify. And obviously it was like Disney and pandemic and the bubble and all that. But uh, yeah, we're going to have the play-in again. Um, Looks like both of the super teams will also be in in the play-in again. Um, or sorry, the first for the first time in the East, but uh, 
Yeah, what's like your overall not, not if you have no opinions on the play and that's fine, but um just like the playoffs in general. Is there anything you like want more or less of, Anthony? Well, I think I I really like the play in because I mean, in the spirit of March, uh, it is, of course, the March Madness uh, NCAA tournament. And to have sort of an unexpected team potentially uh, upset someone who you are expected to take that last playoff spot is pretty exciting to me. And also some of, sometimes games do come down to the wire. So like, I'm, I'm very excited to see what happens with the play. And, and especially, like you said, with these super teams potentially being in the play and like the caliber uh of basketball we'll see probably will be quite high and there is a chance that one of these teams could just get knocked out of the playoffs which is very fun something that maybe is unorthodox that i wish could happen Mm -hmm. is maybe like a a bye week for one of the top seeds like this is an nfl thing of course i'm a a big football guy so i really do a I really do think the bye week helps, uh, and especially when it's basketball and the the teams are shorter. Some oftentimes, like the players are going to be pretty banged up going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Maybe a team that is uh, a regular season juggernaut should get a week to rest to get a key piece back instead of being uh, thrown into play against a team that just like won a huge game to get into the playoffs, who is like feeling themselves and is not just been like uh, worked to the bone uh, to get to the end of the season. So maybe uh, toying with some sort of bye week or just like not, maybe not missing an entire round, but mm-hmm. having a delayed start to their series could be good. I'm, 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 I'm with you. I like all my playoff ideas are, are always based around how do we reward the regular season more? So, um yeah i'm 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 with you let's uh let's go to you vivek yeah so i really like the excitement that the play-in tournament has brought to the end of season um i'm just not a fan of it being an automatic whoever's seven to ten uh i think you have to be within i think there should be a rule that you have to be within a certain number of games to Mm. activate a play in matchup. So say hypothetically, so right now, like I don't like the fact that the Minnesota Timberwolves are 42 and 31. Right. Uh, yeah. And could technically miss out on the playoffs to a team that's 30 and 42. Mm. Like to me, the Minnesota Timberwolves have done enough to be in the playoffs, you know, like the Pelicans shouldn't be in the conversation. Um, so I would have something where it's like, you have to be within, you know, four games or whatever it is uh, where you could say, oh, you know, injuries, this and that, that type of thing. Um, I don't like the idea that, you know, you could be so much better in the regular season and then have one game uh, or technically two games because the Wolves would have to lose twice um, and just derail everything. So that's right. the one thing I would change. Um, the other change uh, I would want also would involve changing the regular season uh, where basically I would want seating one to 16, but I think the only way you can do uh, seating one to 16 is if you change the regular uh, season format to where everyone is playing each other the same number of times. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, it kind of like takes away the like, yeah. Cause why have it be like divisional and conference based if when the playoffs come, it's not. Yeah. Because it changes how we look at some of these teams too, right? Like, I think of uh, the Houston Rockets, like in back-to-back years, went toe-to-toe with, you know, KD's uh, Warriors. Mm -hmm. And we should be talking about that team as an all-time great team that went seven games against them. uh, And that probably should have been the finals, but instead we don't, right? We just talk about Cavs and Warriors. I, I I couldn't agree more. And like, I always appreciated that Maury and Harden and, and Paul and, and those Rockets and D'Antoni that they, when, when so much of the league was like, we don't know what to do with the Warriors. Let's just tank or whatever. The Rockets were like, let, like, let it, like, we're just like, this is it. This is all we care about. We live and breathe trying to beat this team. Uh, and yeah, I think like that, like 
having them not make the finals sucks. And I feel like it's just, it was anti-climactic, climatic. And yeah, I was, I was felt for that team. And I totally agree. I feel like in, in the bubble, there might've been a version of the, of what you're talking about where the play in, cause I think one team, I think it was Washington or, or something was not close enough to activate it because yeah. it's like, yeah, you have to put up a fight. And I think, well, yeah, what you, you want the best teams in the playoffs too. Right. So I think I'm with you like fully in that respect, but I will say, I also do like what it's done to like nine, 10, 11. Like, I like that. It's not the, you know, they're 20, 30 games to go. And you have like nine teams that have like, that are, you know, doing what OKC's doing. Like, I think yeah. that to me has been good for the league. But yeah, it is sort of a, you know, we'll see. Because I think at some point, some really deserving team is going to get like beat out and it's going to suck. But, uh, oh, one last thing I'll throw sure. in there yeah. is uh, I think all of the first rounds uh, should be best of five. Like, I, I think, uh, Ooh. I, I oh, think back to the MJ know, days. Yeah, I, I think people get carried away and say, oh, game seven is the best thing in sports. No, the, the best thing in sports is just an elimination game. So whether it's mm-hmm. game five or game seven, it doesn't really matter. If it's an elimination game, people are going to care. <laughs> and and you also get rid of, you know, let's face it, a lot of times in the first round, you get to 3-0 and it's like no one cares about that game four. Like the series is over. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and so, you know, if it gets to 3-0, just call it a series and let's move on. And I think, like, if I'm not mistaken, um, the NBA is uh, the only sport in the major sports where no team has ever come back from 3 to win it. Um, and, I mean, I'm sure there's some good theory on that. Like, I heard – one thing I heard one time was just the basketball is volume scoring, so it produces a lot less upsets because you don't have like, you know, one goal, one touchdown, whatever, can't dramatically turn the game. Like you need consistency of plays. So, but um, yeah, like M- Matt, I'm going to go to you, but I'm going to throw mine in just because I feel like it's, mm. it's kind of close to uh, Vivex. Um, I, yeah, because of what you're saying with the conferences, I sort of like left that to the side for this time. And I don't think the NHL does it anymore, but, I still love reseeding where if you're the best team, you get to play the worst team every time. Mm-hmm. Like, like let's not get locked into a bracket. Cause I also don't like when teams are trying to game out who they play. It's like, have the best record. So you have the best, the most amount of home court and the most, you know, like your preferences is the worst team available. So that's, that's kind of my change is that, yeah, if you have the best record in the NBA, uh, you know, or your conference, then you just, if, yeah, if you've, if you're Miami and you've worked hard for this record, then whoever the team is that has the worst record, that's who you play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's sort of my solve, but uh, Maddie, what's up? Are we, we, we talking spinning hot sauce. What's the deal? <laughs> uh, that was the one thing I was going to say. I, I, I miss reseeding. They do not do it anymore in the NHL. It's uh, a wild card division thing now, which is, been really hard especially if your division is the top in the league so um i I don't mind the play-in i like it especially because lebron hates it so much which i think is hilarious uh he's someone that you know shouldn't worry too much like it's lebron like you should just be like all right we'll just it's one more game we gotta win but uh one thing i would change is i would add a toilet bowl now when i say that (laughs) <laughs> I want like a tournament for the eliminated teams to get a little bit better odds at the first overall pick. So that's what they're playing for. It's not to get the top pick. It's just to like increase whatever their, their uh, percentages are by like say five to 8% or something like that, you know, just to give them more hmm. of an edge. Um, I think that would be fun. Just like a small little, little thing you know i don't know best yeah <laughs> nothing more than best of you know best of three or whatever so um yeah I'd, I'd like to do it's stupid but i'd like to see it because i like stupid things 
Hey, Tolubo, man. I'm with you, dude. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I honestly think relegation is one of my favorite things in any sport. I think it's so funny and like, cool. And and yeah, I mean, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, the NHL also has a like a mechanism where after you're eliminated from the playoffs, every win after that increases your percentages for the or percentages for the top pick. I don't know if there's, if they tried that for a year and they're not doing that, but I remember hearing that at one point, which is sort of like, you know, you want your losers to keep trying to win because what you don't want is a product where one team's happy winning and the other team's happy losing. Like that's not, that's just not a good place to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's wrap this baby up with the last question here. Um, Vivek, let's go to you first. And yeah, just a bit of a downer, but you know, just we're we're almost at the end of the season, so it, you know they could have missed a portion of the season. They could be important to a team, what, whatever way you want to take this. But uh, what injured player, you know, ha- have you missed watching the most, or you just kind of lament the fact that they're injured for the sake of the league? Um, so I've got a few players that I really like. Uh, I'll probably go with Jamal Murray. I think nice. Yeah. Uh, I really like watching Denver as a team and obviously off the back of what they accomplished in the bubble, you wanted to see them sort of take it to the next level. And um, so when the injury happened to Jamal uh, last season, that was a huge downer. Cause you were, mm-hmm. well, once they got Aaron Gordon, it felt like, Oh, this team is complete. Like this mm-hmm. is, a legit championship contender. So to, to not see him back yet this season, I think that's the one guy uh, I probably miss more uh, than anyone. Um, and then, you know, you got to shout out a couple of big names, Kawhi, Dame, uh, those two guys, uh, you know, they're just fun to watch. Yeah. G- great answers. Um, Murray, Murray was my answer uh, just because like, yeah, I mean, when when someone's also on your team playing at an MVP level, and they just need like a bit more help, and and seeing that Denver's in seventh, or I guess sorry, they're in sixth now, but you know they're sort of talking about like, what if they lose in the play-in, and they're just sort of waiting for Murray? Like that sucks. That's a that's a legit good team. I want to see fighting it out in the playoffs. We saw, you know, Murray and Mitchell like just have a, like a classic in the bubble. So. We know he's a big time game gamer too, but um, yeah, who's your injured guy, Anthony? Mm, it's tough. <laughs> uh, I think I'm probably gonna have to go with Zion, man. Like, yeah, Zion for sure. Everybody was kind of just waiting to see if he was gonna make a big jump and just be even more dominant this year, and he is probably not gonna play at all. And it's it sucks, like seeing the Pelicans make the moves that they did at the deadline to load up, to be in the play in tournament and thinking, Oh, maybe Zion can join this team. He'll be ready to go. And it's going to be like amazing to watch. That has been very exciting for me. I'm like, Oh yeah, this this will be great. But it's not really trending in that direction, but I, I could be wrong. Like maybe he'll miraculously heal and be in perfect playing shape. Uh, and and wreck shop but another person of course is uh my fallen ball brother Lonzo Mm -hmm. I I don't know what the hell is going on with his rehab right now and I think the Bulls could probably use him uh especially if they go deep into the playoffs like he moves the ball he plays very very good defense and he is a incredible facilitator so I think having him find an open Vucevic Damar, Pat Williams, hit uh, Kobe White or Caruso. Like, that would be beautiful to have that vision available on the court. Uh, but, yeah, who knows? Also, of course, Ben Simmons. He's been a part of all of the drama this year. Like, yeah. And now, like, he's got, like, this horrible injury, apparently. And who, who knows when he's going to be back? Like, now this this trade uh, is is looking pretty one-sided. Yeah, the Ben Simmons was was my backup answer because I feel like I've like uh, I think just by default I've sort of been like one of the bigger Ben Simmons like believers that I know of just because like I just 
I watched him be a runner up defensive player of the year last year. And I know the playoffs are bad. I know that he was afraid to dunk and all that stuff, but it's like the guy has so much skill and he's, he's a, a pleasure to watch. And I don't know, like it, yeah, that, that to me was really disheartening. This like reading that he has a herniated disc and, and Zion. And then I'll also throw in, um, Anthony Davis. I feel mm. like it's like we're all used to it kind of with Davis, but when the guy is like fully healthy, he is totally changes the game, totally changes the Lakers. Like yeah, the, the Lakers around, aren't bad. The Lakers aren't bad when AD is there. I mean, yeah, you know, AD and LeBron healthy. It's like kind of hard to have a bad team there, but also that's part of the game. And, you know, that's part of what the Lakers have to build around. And, you know, they haven't exactly, but uh yeah, and I also thrown for Raptors' sake, like I I don't know how many games he's actually missed, but I feel like we've missed a lot of OG games, and it's unfortunate. I love watching OG, and you know he was kind of like a most improved player candidate. So watching him sort of struggle and like be good when he's out there is is, is definitely frustrating. But um, yeah, I think I think that's it for the pod, guys. Uh, thank you both so much for doing this. Oh, no, thanks. This was awesome. This was a fun chat. Thanks for having me, as always. Hey, man, anytime. You guys are awesome. Um, The Confederacy of Don't Say Talking Raptors! Thank you so much for Stephen A. (laughs) I appreciate Stephen A. Like letting people know like what it is we do. So (laughs) cheers, man. Um, uh, By the way, that uh, if you haven't seen the Stephen A. Uh, rant uh, about the Knicks, like it's like really, really good. I I love I love when he devolves to the point where he just like starts like naming celebrities and like he's like Tracy Morgan, don't go there, and he like he just starts listing New York celebrities <laughs> and telling them not to go. Um, anyways, um, but yeah, uh, Anthony, let, let me go to you first. Um, people are doing shows and shit, stuff's happening. Mm. Um, what what are you up to? What's going on? What can people check out? Oh, so uh, I am going to be a part of Toronto Sketch Fest, the Sketch Comedy Festival in Toronto this year. It's an nice. online edition. Um, my troupe, White Wine and Young Riesling, we are doing a showcase online. Uh, it's a pre recorded one. It will be on the 25th. Um, and you can check out tickets on tosketchfest.com. And then we're going to do the one live show. Uh, that is a part of the festival. That's uh, 930 March 27th at the beautiful new Comedy Bar East. Uh, it's going to be a great time and it really, really feels good to be back on stage again. Hell yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, April is, is the mark I've set. So we'll see if I can hit up a couple stages in between waves or whatever. <laughs> but uh, um I'm really excited and, and everyone please, you know, check out Anthony. He's, he's hilarious, you know, deserving of all the love and support. Um, <laughs> Vivek, what's up? Where can people check you out? You know, you, you got a lot going on. So like where, you know, like where do you want people to go first? Basketball stuff, uh, Raptors.com for sure. Um, I do some video stuff for CBC sports, so you can check that out. And honestly, in terms of all of it, the, the simplest place to go is my Twitter page, Vivek M. Jacob. You can follow all of it there. So uh, you can find everything that I'm doing on there. Right on. Well, uh, guys, uh, absolute pleasure having you both. This was a good time. And uh, I'll say, you know, thanks so much for everyone who's been like listening and sharing and helping us grow this podcast. Uh, we're having a good time. And uh, yeah, Maddie, if you feel like we're good, we're done to go. Please just give me those words I crave so much. Okay. Okay. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 